Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from Expedition Bigfoot. You're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal and fans of true crime podcast content. You are in the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. And yes, it is time for another deep dive into true crime. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, dare I say, a professor of the paranormal, Mr. Michael Carbno. Mike, good to see you, my friend. How do you feel about being referred to as a professor of the yeah. paranormal? It just doesn't doesn't fit. Oh. And the professor of what? Well, like like uh, our last Patreon episode. Yes. Paranormal 101, you know. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was, you know, imagine you are the you are uh, lecturing a class, a, Mm-hmm. An auditorium full of frothing at the mouth students. I don't know why they'd be frothing at the mouth, but uh, <laughs> most likely rabies. Maybe rabies. <laughs> or maybe they're they've all just fallen asleep and they're drooling because they're just frothing. They're <laughs> frothing. <laughs> no, that was fun though. But I, you know, I I jokingly referred to you as the uh, professor of the yep. paranormal, and I figured that you wouldn't like that term. So. Nutty professor. No. No, definitely yes. not the nutty professor, but... Uh, I'm going to sign up all the zoners that listen to us. Yep, the zoners? Yeah, I just... That, that came across my mind, uh, was it yesterday? Everybody that listens to us, they're zoners. I kind of like that. Hmm. Yeah, I just kind of... I kind of like struck that. Struck me. We love our zoners. Now, and, and in no way, that's not like... That's not meant to be taken in a derogatory way, oh, or hell no. negative way. Like, no, like they're absolutely like not. Like they're zoning out, you know, or something like that. Uh, I no, kinda, no, I kind of like that. They're in the zone. Okay. Every time you say that, though, I want to say auto zone after that, and then <laughs> those obnoxious, auto zone, those obnoxious commercials. But uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. our fellow zoners. Yeah, mm. and I just brought that up, and I, I didn't even. Didn't even talk to you about it first or message you saying, hey, let's call our wonderful, beautiful listeners Zoners. Zoners. Okay, well, tell, tell us if you like that or not. Uh, yeah, uh, let all, us all know. All of you are listening out there, we might, uh, we might uh, see if that takes off. I kind of like it. If that. you wish not to be labeled a zoner when you're listening to us or if you're listeners of us, then let us know. Yeah. We love hearing from you all the time. So, um, well, not all the time i should say yeah every time we hear yeah. from you we love it so weekdays uh, i go to bed very early so yeah you know if it's uh, you know fairly earlier you want to get a hold of me hey i'm up for that yeah 
He's up for a little paranormal one-on-one any time of the day. Right. Hey, got any questions? I will do my best to answer. Except after bedtime. So uh, Come into my office. Sit down. Let's talk. There you go. There you go. I kind of like that. I like that, zoners. So, all right, let's try that out. Let's try that out. Well, Mike, uh, it is time for, like I said in the intro, there, uh, another wickedly interesting. I don't like it. Disturbing. Um, yep. I don't know how else to describe it. Um they all, and when I say fascinating, I'm not saying that in like this, oh my gosh, this is so cool and so yeah, fascinating. We're not saying it in an admiring way at Absolutely all. not, but yeah. I think it's human nature to be fascinated by people who are sick. And It's fascinating to just see what uh, is out there. I mean, to try to understand, which we never will understand the mind of these people, but... Um, that there's actually stuff like this that has gone on and is most likely still going on that we don't know of yet. Uh, it it's horrible, do you, horrifying, terrifying. Do you think, Mike? And, and before I forget, uh, tonight we're diving into uh, one of the most animalistic serial killers, animalistic uh, ever. And as we, if you are not familiar with Fritz Harmon. The Frederick Heinrich Karl Hermann. Known by several monikers, the Butcher of Hanover, the Vampire of Hanover, the Wolfman wolf of Hanover. <laughs> I like that one. Um, you'll understand why he's described as all of those. But my, oh my, this was one sick puppy, and he destroyed yeah. countless lives, just like all these sick bastards did. And we're going to talk about him, and we're going to feel like we need a shower afterwards. It's, so. it's weird, though, that... Uh, you know, going over all of these serial killers and trying to figure out, okay, which one should we talk about? Because there's so many. Unfortunately, that, yes. That we've never heard of that are some of the most diabolical, you know, whatever you want to call them. Unfortunately, they are people. You know? I, yes. But, but yeah, you know, we hear about, uh, you know, like, like the Ted Bundy and the Ed Dean and everything and, uh, um, you know, all of that stuff. And as horrible as they are. There are serial killers out there that are as horrible, if not even more horrifying. Well, I mean, yeah, the, that we've never heard of them before. Their methods of murder and their their depraved lives just they're shocking. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be um, interesting for sure. And I'm gosh, I don't want to say fun either, but it's. Uh, fascinating pops in my mind over and over and over again, but I guess I can't think of a better word right now. It, it is what it is, man. It's it's human nature, as I said, to be fascinated by these these whack jobs. And I was going to ask you, Mike, briefly, do you truly think that we will never understand what's going on behind what's going on, be, you know, in the minds of these people? I mean, do you really, you truly believe that? You think that someday we will have a quote-unquote answer, and maybe, maybe be able to prevent such tragedies as this from occurring. I hope so. I, you know, there are people that are a lot smarter than I am that, you know, yeah. maybe they've well, got more of a grasp on it, but has it stopped anything? I don't know. Well, that's just the thing, you know, and serial killers, they evolve and change with the times too. Exactly. And so they'll develop new methods of evading law enforcement and evading right. capture and it's you know again as as we 
we, of course, we have to bring it up again, but we briefly talked about it on our appearance on Talk is Jericho. We talked right. about serial killers and and the difference between you know serial killers of the past and do they even exist nowadays? Right. And we kind we kind of said, well, yeah, but they're just in a, they exist in a different manner. They're mm-hmm. they're like all of us. They're in a they live in a world of immediate satisfaction where the world right. is literally at their fingertips, and they go through these horrific. Um, mass shootings, you know these mm-hmm. these moments of it's, yeah. killing people within a moment of you know, within minutes, and that's how Chris Jericho is bringing that across. And then, and then I, you know, and he was also saying something to, to the effect of um, has law enforcement and and techniques surpassed the serial killer the way serial killers used to be and the way they used to do their killing. You know, because you don't hear about them anymore. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. kind of came back as saying, but has the serial killer actually changed enough with the times and doing it, doing the serial killer one at a time, finding somebody and disposing of them or whatever, and but doing it to a degree that keeping one step ahead of technology, if they can, or or how things are you know, done now with law enforcement or, mm-hmm. or utilize, you know, utilizing technology to stay one step ahead of law enforcement. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's frightening. It, it, it always has been and it always will be, man. There's always going to be those yeah. depraved evil individuals out there. In, Fritz, in one way or another. Fritz Harmon is right up there, Mike. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I'll, I'll profess my, my ignorance to the, I guess, all the details surrounding this man's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd heard of the moniker, you know, the butcher of Hanover, more particularly the vampire of Hanover, but I wouldn't be able to, you know, if you asked me a week ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you, oh, yeah, the vampire of Hanover, that's Fritz yep. Harmon, and he did this and he did that. No way I would have been able to do that. Uh, after studying, doing a, some research into this man's life, wow. What is, what, where do we begin? Where, yeah. where do we want to begin, Mike? Should we just go through kind of the tail of the tape here, some of the basics just to get rolling, and then we'll uh, yeah. move forward as, as, as we go, I guess. Right. You know, when I was researching this and everything, and I, I wanted to see what his child like childhood was like and his mother and father and you know because it, it always seems like these serial killers and the ones that we've talked about they have some very uh horrifying sometimes childhoods and that right. kind of bring them up to where they where they uh turn into what they do um he did have some issues uh growing up you know a mother that you know they had a great relationship she spoiled him she coddled him she coddled him everything like that um it, uh, who they were was ollie and johanna harman the parents yes ollie and the johanna. parents yeah um johanna i think it was right correct uh, johanna and you know, he was let's make this clear he was the youngest of six children of six kids yep 
Um, as yeah, you mentioned, born October twenty eighth, eighteen seventy nine. Yes, uh, passed uh, but, away by beheading, and we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, April fifteenth, nineteen twenty five. Um, he had a relationship with his mother that would, meh, I guess, would be, <laughs> for lack of a better term, described as odd. Because it was. he was she, a quiet child, didn't have very many friends his own age or gender, it said, uh, seldom socializing with any other children outside of school, uh, mostly spending time with his siblings. The thing um, that, you know, the thing, the, the thing that really kind of started setting him apart even more, particularly when you think about the time, you know, the day and the age we're talking, you know, the late 1800s, it's, it wasn't a normal thing for a child, a young boy, have to have a mother insisting on dressing him up as a girl, preferring mm-hmm. that he would be, you know, definitely, you know, making him lean towards the feminine, you know, and he mm-hmm. he didn't participate in, in, in the quote-unquote masculine activities right. that, that all the other younger Te- boys did. Right. Teachers actually described him as, as effeminate, mm. you know, and... Uh, um. Just you know, like you know, like the coddled. I mean, they they could see that he was coddled and uh, um, just spoiled. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that's how he came across. But, but dad, the, and the dad the model, did not like that. Molly coddled, as it said. Hmm? The dad did not like that. That's we, we no. need to make that clear. Uh, the f- yeah, the relationship between between Fritz and his father was anything but uh, loving and caring and it was he was basically treated by his father as like a disappointment since he was a little kid right and, and well and and not much of a father you know in general with any of the kids didn't spend much time with him and it was said that he actually married his mother which she was much older than he was um and the father married the mother for a large dowry, knew that he was going to get money, and she was well off financially. Uh, what, he, a know, he, what a guy. What a guy. And he had a lot of affairs and things like that during the, the marriage. They stayed married until she passed away. Um, but it was, you know, not a real loving relationship. Oh, hell no. No, not even close. Yeah. But he was... Uh, oh, go ahead, Prone to daydreaming in school, um, the behavior at school was always good, but um, with the way the teachers described it, but his schoolwork really lacked in, um, you know, he just wasn't really good at yeah. the learning in the, 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 you know, the, the uh, schoolwork itself. No, yeah, he wasn't a good, definitely wasn't an academic, that's yeah, for sure. <laughs> he yeah, actually repeated uh, a, a class, a school year twice. So not the best student, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah Miss Harmon was also. She was frail, frail and 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 sickly. And she actually, you know, she died when Fritz was pretty young. Still, um, twelve years old. I mean, that's still mm-hmm. that can be traumatic, man. Um, a parent who passes away when you are young that can send you any number of ways. Of course, it can. Well, but, and you know exactly how that feels. Well, sure. Yeah, and I'm here doing podcasts, and that, you know, so. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, his father and his, and Fritz's relationship 
anything but loving. It actually came to the point where they went uh, came to blows eventually mm-hmm. later on down the road, which sent, um, well, needless to say, it sent Ollie into a, a rage so much as that he had Fritz sent off to a mental asylum. To, you know, right. He, he didn't want anything to do with this kid. Um, now, we have, let's think about that for a second, too, and we're not making excuses. We're not... Um, trying to give reasons as to the sick and depraved behavior here of people like Fritz Hartman, but we I, we want to understand it too. I mean, there's, a, there's people who are totally on the side of nature, and there are others who are on the side of nurture. And I think Mike, you're with me in that we think we kind of look at it as a combination of both. It could have been a combination of genetics. I, and how he was raised uh, when he was when he was young. I mean, again, we have to understand during these during this time, Mike. It wasn't a common, commonly accepted thing to, well, for lack of a better term, be a transvestite. You know, it's right. that's you know he he truly liked it. He felt that that was that was him. Right. Well, actually, when he was a young child and he wasn't, you know, playing the sports and the, the, the more boyish games, he chose to play with his sister's dolls and actually dress in their clothes. And that was as a young child. Um, so, you know, being gay or the homosexuality, you know, was just something that was always, well... Get into a whole different subject on that matter if you're born that way or yeah absolutely. no I got gotcha, you I got gotcha, you but know. yeah it was not I, I, yeah that's yeah it was not a uh, it was definitely something that was frowned upon mm-hmm. you know right. and thank God that we are moving along and we have been slowly but surely and we're at the stage where we are today you know it's still not perfect right. but we're getting closer you know we're getting closer but. You know that someone like Fritz felt an, an, an enormous amount of shame for how he mm-hmm. felt, and that, that yes, could possibly at that time, yeah, yeah, that could possibly have driven him to you know any number of things, any number of things. But again, we're not making excuses by any means because this man was obviously sick and and evil. I I'm going to throw it out there, yeah. mentally mm-hmm. mentally ill, yes, but he enjoyed what he did, right? And he was actually molested by a teacher. At a very young age, I think he was like, what, eight years old or something like that, which could have been a huge turning point for him. You know, I also came across some some uh, info. I'm not exactly sure if the, how substantiated they are, but I, I found it in a couple different places that, that uh, Fritz's father also perhaps murdered someone uh, mm. in, in his day. I think it was a a railway worker or uh, someone who worked in the train yeah. station. And like one of his older brothers was also arrested for a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, that is, is there something that's kind of in the genes there that kind of maybe mm-hmm. tends to yeah, lead towards? I don't know. I, I hate saying that. I really do well, hate saying that, but, but, but we don't know. I mean, I mean, I know of, uh, uh, I know of family, situations that go back generations with things like that sure um, sure uh you know and, and i want to say here too on a you know going back to what we're talking about you know his obvious you know sexuality 
that when he, you know, discovered of, of what his sexuality was and everything, you know, when we're talking about that and his uh, being gay, transvestite, whatever, you know, playing with dolls, uh, dressing in his sister's clothes, we are by no means saying that that has anything to do with somebody, you know. Oh, no, absolutely moving not. Moving into a, a life of no. debauchery or anything No, like that. no, absolutely <laughs> you know, not. Because I, I was starting to think like, yeah, you know, that's, I don't know. I don't, I hope people don't think that we're yeah. putting that into the why he is. I don't but think they, I don't think he, our listeners right. think I mean, that. Our listeners don't know us. Yeah. But, you know, but like you had said, like at that time, mm -hmm. things were, were different and things, you know, uh, it, it was so, um, you know, you know, <laughs> many, there's as many gay people then as there is now, but it was a hidden thing for the most part. And, uh, oh God, you uh, were, you people were, people were ashamed because it was out of the norm. Absolutely. You know? So that could be a part, you know, that guilt and that shame that he felt because of it at that time. You were ashamed. That period of, of, of time, um, could have a part in that, but not because of him being no. gay or yes. anything like that. You were, you know, you were, you were shunned, you know, you were admonished, right. you were, you were essentially considered mentally ill if you were, Which you, we if do you were not gay. go by or condone or oh, hell have no. that thought at all. Absolutely so. not. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> yeah, um, let's see, moving forward, again, I'm... We're not giving this guy a pass by any means because even right. as a very young man, he showed some kind of sadistic tendencies. Oh, absolutely. There were stories of his utter joy of or during terrorizing his siblings where he would, this is how the stories go, tie down his sisters at night and terrorize them any number of ways. I read one account where he would... Also, sneak around. I mean, this sounds innocuous almost, but he got utter glee and joy out of watching his sisters react in such fearful ways when he would go outside the house and tap out on their windows and make shrieking, ghostly-like noises and make them think Well, hell, house. that's something I'd get kicked well, out of there. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but the part when you're tying them down, though? Right, exactly, yeah, that's... Taking it over the top. That's yeah. a little bit. That's that's a bit much. I mean, he got yeah. off, he got off on getting them scared. So right now, there's something going on there that we can't. Well, and even as a young child, he would lure young children into um, uh, what it, uh, uh, typically a cellar and and sexually molest them, even as as a young child. Yeah, 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 and that's. I think by the time he was at 18, he had already been arrested. Uh, he went through a lot of arrests, a lot of oh jail time, gosh. in and out, you, and you, actually you, escaped at one time with the help of his mother. <laughs> Again, there's the, the, the loving mm -hmm. mother. So if his mother passed away when he was 12, so he right. was already incarcerated. Exactly. Yes, very young. Now, that's, again... You can't just dismiss that. I mean, right. there's something. This was a very troubled and disturbed young boy. Mm -hmm. There's just no, no ifs, ands, or buts about that one. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he was for Fritz. He he. How do I want to say this? He definitely 
escalated and evolved the mountain, the proverbial mountain of criminality. You know, he right. started off with kind of petty, petty crimes, yeah. burglary, yeah. um, you know, just any number of things. And then, of course, he starts getting into the awful sexual assault. And then by the, kittens off of bridges. Uh, no, you see, I was going to say, I didn't see that one. Okay, Mike, <laughs> come on now. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it gets, and it just got worse and worse and worse, and, you know, until he eventually became a serial rapist yeah. and a serial murderer. And it's, I don't know, there's, there's no other way to describe it other than he was a demented individual who did mm-hmm. not want to stop. Um... Let's get in some of the some of the the gritty details here, Mike. Gritty. No, I said gritty. Gritty. Oh, gritty. No, I didn't say gritty. <laughs> Good God Almighty! Some of the stuff that we need to look into. Now, I did pull up this really interesting article here. Nineteen eighty-five. Fritz began studying to become a locksmith. But as Mike mentioned, as you mentioned earlier, he was a very poor student, and he was very discouraged, discouraged when he failed his exams. Mm-hmm. Decided to try another profession later well, that He year. actually had quit school. Yes, with the uh, with permission of his mother, parents. <clears throat> now this other profession was a training school for non commissioned officers, and this he joined this when he was nearly fifteen, and that's actually where. It, he uh, started to kind of find himself. He actually started doing fairly well in mm-hmm. the second occupation here. Did what he was told by his superiors. He, he was a responsible student. And it's, it was interesting. He, was dis- he actually discovered he had a physical talent as far as athleticism. He found out that he had a talent for gymnastics. That right. He did. And when, as he grew up, he did become stronger and in better physical condition. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, though... Though he was kind of, I won't say excelling here, that didn't last either because Fritz actually ended up uh, suffering an accident where he mm-hmm. uh, sustained a very se- severe concussion. Now, again, there's another thing that could add right. to an already unstable mind. Uh, you see all the after effects, Mike, you know, from former football players who suffered from CTE who have been diagnosed with CTE, um, mm-hmm. you know, concussion, you know, the all this trauma that their brains have been going through and their brains just slowly deteriorate. This is a young man who suffers a, a severe concussion. Yeah. That could go any number of ways as well, but certainly didn't help. Certainly. I know. I, you know, my brain went through a lot of trauma in my early years and through high school until I thought, God, I got to quit doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. It was fun. Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, what a, yeah. bun, what a bunch of fun that was. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I, I get you. I get. I start my brain cells started really complaining. <laughs> now, also, you know that this concussion could have very well lit, led to what became uh, uh, an unfortunate regular occurrence for Fritz, where he started suffering seizures. Yes, um, and he would lose consciousness. I, yeah. I believe he was. That was diagnosed. after five months of being in the military. He had started getting these. Uh, was he diagnosed as epileptic? Well, not right away. Uh, well, first they had said it was signs of anxiety neurosis. Oh, okay. Ah. But then subsequently later it was diagnosed as being equivalent to epilepsy. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah. And then in 1895, he actually discharged himself from the military, which I've never heard of being able to do that. But yeah, that's interesting. Hey, it's Germany. I have no idea. 
But then, you know, getting back to his father again, he started working in his father's cigar factory after that. Yeah. Yep. Lived at home, worked for his father. And it was during this time where his, his um, I guess, cravings or lust for, for young boys started to really come to the forefront uh, for, for Fritz. A few young boys in the neighborhood started making accusations towards Fritz, saying that he was making sexual advances towards them and actually molesting them. And again, his father took him, after hearing such um, accusations, took him to be examined by by a physician. Mm-hmm. And the physician, I actually wrote this, I found a really interesting article and I wrote down the German words for his diag- uh, diagnosis. His first, After this one right here, this local physician diagnosed him. Uh, forgive me if I butcher this. I shouldn't because I'm German, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Geisteskrankheit. Geisteskrankheit, which basically means mentally ill slash insane. He's committed to an asylum. He was just 18 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. He's not off to a good start. Now, his stay at this one didn't last very long. An event actually happened, which led him even more terrified of going back to such places. Uh, upon being, you know, or actually every 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 day he was there, he was begging to be uh, to be released. He was making promises that he would change, that he'd be a better person. Yada yada yada. You know what they all what they all <laughs> would say. And Mike might have mentioned this earlier. Rather than wait and see if they actually would listen to him, let him go, he decided to escape, and he did. And he uh, ran away to Switzerland, where he was a refugee. Yes, for, yes, stayed with uh, relatives of his mother. Yeah. In Switzerland. He didn't stay there for very long either, though. He was, he was uh, homesick. Yeah. He came back to Hanover. And yeah, went back to Hanover. I know. I keep saying Hanover, and you say Hanover. Well, you know, if you're going to do it the German way, you're going to have to be Hanover. Uh, when he did come back to Hanover, he decided to join the military. But he was booted out after one year due to his... Uh, Prior injuries. I'm assuming it was his head injuries, which also led him. He had to like him. a he had like a medical discharge, yes, is what yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, that that concussion I think also left him fairly crippled, and so that mm-hmm. might have something to do with his being discharged here. It's interesting how they finally discharged him after a year. It's like yeah, you think they yeah. wouldn't even let him in? Well, and he he spent uh, was it months in the hospital, and after or and then they uh, discharged him after that. I think. Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, after being discharged from the army, he returned back home, and again, his dad tried to have him recommitted to the asylum. Mm-hmm. This didn't work this time, and uh, Fritz moved into his own place on 27 Sellerstrasse. Sellerstrasse. Now, this, this was here when all of the true uh, horror, I was going to say horror and crime, the true crime horror began Fritz. In Fritz horror. horror, yes, two syllables. Horror, horror, two syllables. Everybody. Um, as well, living at twenty-seven Sellerstrasse in September nineteen eighteen, that Fritz committed his first homicide. Yeah. Now it's mm. interesting. Before we move on into the truly sick and twisted part of Fritz's life, here is that between his first murder. And his second murder, it was a it, there was a span of over four years Great. where he actually he did anything else well as far as you know to that level of grotesque violence because he had met his lover mm-hmm. at the time and that his his young 
lover half his age. Hans Grants. Hans Grants, Hans Grants, however you want to pronounce it. A <laughs> uh, handsome young man was a, well, let's just say he was a male prostitute who um, who offered himself to, yeah. to Fritz, and they were together. They became fast friends. And as we'll oh, learn later, really good close friends. fast friends, lovers, and as we will talk about later, his accomplice in a lot of these mm-hmm. horrific acts. But, but also, he got married. Mm. Thank you, know, you for not leave that yes, out. Thank you, Mike. I totally walked over that one. And he did he not father a child? He did. But he, he left before, what, less than a year? Um, I think that's what I think that's what it was. He did not stick around. That's for sure. It's almost. It's like what was he? Was he trying to be quote unquote normal? He there must be something I don't know. Yeah, the un, quote unquote. Uh, um, he uh, let's see. He was working in a shipyard, and after sixteen months, he returned. When he did return to Hanover, mm-hmm. so we we kind of covered this time period earlier. Um, uh, 1899, as he became engaged to Erna Lowert. Yes, that's right. Erna who Lord. soon became pregnant. 1900 had to perform his, he ended up having to perform his compulsory <laughs> military service, whatever that means. Um, so I don't know. Is that a required uh, required uh, term of service? You know, it must be, you know, in Germany, that might have been a thing at yeah. that time. Um and that's at the time where he is hospitalized for four months and discharged for medical reasons. Yeah. And, you know, and for a decade after that is when he was living as a petty thief, a burglar, con artist, uh, and spending that time in jail in and out for larceny and embezzlement and all these other little petty crimes. Oh, yeah. He was well known to the, to the lo- oh, yeah. to law enforcement. Um well, to the point where he became an informant for the uh, <laughs> yeah. law enforcement, and but it was he had his own reasons for doing that. Oh, it was of like course, getting did. on the good side side of the uh, mm-hmm. of the law, and um, it's almost also more... was to gain access to young males. It said, "Well, how it, that happens, I don't know." It's, uh, it's your... what how 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 is the saying where it's like it's it's in plain sight and you can't see it? That's right, it's... redirecting attention from himself. Yeah. You know, and his own criminal activities. It's like, look at me. I'm I'm helping you guys. I'm not doing anything wrong. I think I read that he was. I mean, he was arrested so often that it was essentially over the course of a decade. It was basically every other year. He it amounted to one year in in prison slash jail, and then one year out, and then one year in, and then one yep. year out. I mean, he was just and, yep. he couldn't help himself. And yeah, the chief of police at that time started sending him Christmas cards, birthday birthday cards. You know. <laughs> Good to see you again, Fritz. Yeah. <laughs> we miss you here. You know, come yeah. on down. How you doing there, Fritz? Uh, come on in for a snort. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's actually probably our over old times. Is that a, a legit German thing? A snort? Schnortenhausen. Yeah, of course that's S C H N O R T. Schnorten. Snort. Snort. <laughs> that's after too many snorts. That's a little after a few too many snorts. Ah, anyway. So, com- mm. computer Mike, is that a legit German word? I don't know. Oh, that was actually computer Chris <laughs> walking. That wasn't computer yeah. Mike. Yeah, wrong one, wrong one. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mike, yeah. Mike agrees. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, again, we have to try and throw humor in every now and then, even during well, these true crime episodes, because it's almost like we, it, 
brings us back to reality or just yeah and, yeah. Yeah. and that's just the way it is it is it, it is just the way it is it's like horror and humor now the story behind his first murder uh his first victim was fredel roth now i have seen both spellings of where it says roth but i've also seen an e at the end of it so i think it's pronounced roth uh fredel was a runaway which is what fritz became to uh that was his favorite target, by the way. Not only were they young boys and young mm. young men, young teenagers, but he would he would focus, he would hunt down uh, vagrants. He'd hunt down people who would hang out at the rail, railway stations, commuters. Uh, you know, again, every now and then he would target male prostitutes. Uh, right. He had his opera, his modus operandi would evolve throughout the years, but it basically. It was limited in its, in its involvement. I should make that clear. Mm-hmm. But he would offer them either work, he would offer them a place to stay, or right. he would approach them as a police officer. Now, this is—I right. I need to say yeah. this before I forget—he actually introduced himself so often as a police officer to these younger boys that a railway station guard, security guard, mm-hmm. when right. questioned about him, actually said, "Yeah, I know Fritz." He's a police officer. Yeah. And sometimes he would go uh, under the name Harry Callahan. Well, I don't know about that one. No, I don't think so. Clint Eastwood. I I know it's Dirty Harry. (laughs) Dirty Fritz? Dirty Fritz? No, or Dirty Harmon. Yeah. But, you know, um, the the, uh, Rolf's family, they actually um, really, you know, put on a lot of pressure to the police to actually look into it further with uh, mm-hmm. with Harmon. Uh, so they raided his apartment in, uh, it was in October 1918, where they found their form- informer in the company of a semi-naked 13-year-old boy. Yes. Yeah. Now, think about this for a second. His criminal act right there, which it is, his sexually deviant act with this 13-year-old boy saved him because... Right. You know, as whacked out as this sounds, upon entering his apartment and seeing him with this boy, that's all they focused on. I mean, you know, rightly right. so. And he was, um, a, he was arrested. He ended up serving nine months for that. Like, yep. nearly a year and a half later, he finally began for sexual assault and battery of a minor. Yeah. It took a long time before he finally served that nine months. But as he came to profess later, Mike, did you want to say what? happened if it's uh, what i'm thinking you know Harmon later said i'm going to read this so it gets the yeah. you know the whole impact here Harmon later said to detectives that when they searched his apartment the head of friedel rolf was stowed behind his stove wrapped in newspaper yep Oof. so i you get what i'm saying there since they were just focused on what they were seeing in front of them they didn't bother right. to search the house right. Which should have been a red flag for what they were there raiding his apartment for. Yeah. Oh, sure. I, uh, <laughs> I tell you, man, this guy, he definitely lucked out on many, many uh, occasions, that's for sure. Now, it was after his final arrest and Har- uh, Harmon was con- uh, finally confessing to all of his all, all of his atrocious acts. That's As Mike just said, that's when he confessed to that murder, you know, Friedel's had been discovered or should have been discovered behind the stove wrapped in newspaper. 
Now, it was after this, after his release in 1919, this is when Fritz met uh, young Hans Granz at the Hans Granz. Hans Granz at the radio station. When I hear that Hans Granz, I, I, uh, I, I picture old Germany, uh, somebody on skates. <laughs> But then it's like that's Hans Christian Andersen. Okay, are you like? Thinking and I don't about, think that's even German, is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I thought you were going to go with like a Blaze of Glory type reference there, but I guess I'm not. I, I yeah, I I'm just sure. I totally failed on that. You did. Well, that's anyway, okay. Hans Grunz. Well, then was they, a, he as was a runaway, actually. He was uh, a young young boy, young teenager, young man, and as I said, they quickly formed a friendship that turned into a morbid and deviant sexual mm-hmm. relationship. He was with them till the end. Um, until he was finally arrested, and he, uh, during the, we won't we won't have time to dive into his uh, kind of spectacular uh, trial that the, that he went through, but uh, Mr. Harmon eventually, I guess, tried to shift the focus onto Hans by saying that he was involved in these murders, uh, which he eventually was convicted of. Mm-hmm. He was eventually, he was initially, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place here. He was, Hans was initially convicted to death, as was Fritz. But just simply by chance, uh, you know, awaiting his fate when a letter was found on the road by just a simple passerby, Mike. It found this random letter, which was learned to be written by Fritz as a confessional letter to Hans's father, saying that Hans had nothing to do with all of his acts and that he mm. should not be uh, treated the same way as he was. And upon learning of this letter, Hans's conviction was uh, retracted from, I, I guess, execution to 12 years in prison. Mm. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy. Just by faith, this letter was seen on the ground. Right. And, you know, I, I can't help but wonder and think about, so Hans, like I was, I said, he had run away from home in Berlin uh, following an argument with his father. Um, so Hans, he was sleeping and hanging around the Hanover station, which is one of the things that Fritz used to like to kind of patrol and look for people absolutely um he was there for approximately two weeks selling old clothes just to try to eat so i i think of was hans possibly going to be a victim of fritz but then there's something that happened where oh no i'm not going to kill this guy mm. you know we're going to become something more and it's going to be a you know a pretty awesome thing for Fritz and absolutely. I think that's know. a possibility. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's a possibility. And again, we also have to just kind of look at it as simply Fritz was sexually satisfied by Hans. I mean, he sure. was, again, he was a, an attraction. He, was, he was an attraction. He, I guess for lack of a better term, satiated Fritz's uh, desires for a time being so much so that he didn't, as far as we know, commit any murders for the first four years of their relationship. Yeah. So that's something that make you that makes you think. Well, you know, and then like the old clothes that Hans was trying to sell just to eat, he would also sell you know bundled tube socks, and he would he would store them in the front of his pants, and <laughs> <laughs> and, and Fritz, that's what really 
caught Fritz's attention in the first place, <clears throat> you should see Patrick's face right yeah. now. <laughs> Good God. I, I missed that part. I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I got you. Whew. Well, it, it needs to be pointed out, too, is that, that um, Fritz and Hans were kind of seen as just uh, kind of highfalutin members of society at this time. Right. They were seen going in and out about doing their business. No one had the slightest suspicions of what was going on uh, behind the scenes. And it's, it's, it, 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 it blows me away to think of just how ignorant we can all be as to what is truly going on behind the eyes oh, of someone. You know, it's like, you yep. seem like a normal person, but are you really? <laughs> well, and Hans was actually, um, he said that his sexual orientation was heterosexual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sure. he claims that he actually initiated contact with Harmon with the intention of prostituting himself, you know, after having heard that Harmon's homosexually through acquaintance had right. established. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's convoluted. Now, while he did not, as we, as as is suggested, he did not. While he did not commit murders in the first four years of his relationship, he still um, right. led a life of a petty crime. He sure. he turned to theft to provide money, steal clothes from the laundry, and both he and Hans would would kind of flourish by stealing clothes from local laundries and selling them to uh, people throughout the neighborhood, poor men and women throughout the neighborhood. We have to un understand another thing, too. This is this is during a time of depravity, oh, yeah. and yeah. this is you know, right after, immediately after World War I, Germany is thrown into a flux. Um, yeah, after losing the, the war, it was just, everything was just... Uh, yeah. Inflation, inflation, sky yeah. high, I mean, the starvation, I mean, people were struggling. So, again, this kind of makes you realize how manipulative and evil Fritz mm -hmm. is, because he's like, "Well, I'm going to take advantage of those who are suffering, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna use it to our our benefits. You know, we're gonna steal mm -hmm. from people, and we're gonna sell them, sell the crap that we find, and just because mm -hmm. we take advantage of the lowly." But, yeah. Well, you know, my great grandfather in in Canada, they went through all of that. You know depression type stuff and yeah. um uh, my great grandfather he actually sold apples from an apple cart on the street oh that's awesome to make enough of money to you know support he had like a billion kids you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's awesome well quite a few kids not a billion but yeah they didn't they weren't they weren't like china or anything like that but well yeah well <laughs> they <laughs> Yeah, that'd be kind of hard between for, for one couple. I got you. I got you. Yeah, but, you know, I just, you know, and he had this little tiny dog that had had with him all the time selling these little apples. And Anyway, but, yeah, just a little diversion there from into sanity. No, I got you. I understand. <sighs> you need it. You need that every now and then. Now, in 1923, Fritz finally uh, gave into his urges, his bloodlust to kill. They finally came to a head. His next victim, Fritz Frank, and what what makes this even more disturbing? I mean, all of this is disturbing. All this is just—it's maddening. Fritz was Fritz 
met Fritz, Fritz Frank, at the Hanover Railway Station, and he, he approached Fritz under the guise that he was a police officer. He actually approached two boys, Fritz among them. The other, the other boy, Fritz Harmon, didn't find attractive at all. He found him to be repulsive, and he didn't want anything to do with this boy, so he's, he scooted him along the way there. He sent had a large boil on the side of his I, face. I have no idea. <laughs> no, good, but he definitely wasn't to Fritz Harmon's liking. And you know what? His large boil saved his life, Mike. So well, you know. it, yeah. Now he's as he sent this boy on his way, he charmed Fritz into coming back home with him. And that's the last time anyone saw Fritz Frank alive. Now was he, he was actually a seventeen year old pianist. Uh now, is that true? I cannot tell if you're giving me crap or not, Mike. That, is that yeah. true? Yeah, the second murder that Harmon is known to have committed okay. occurred on 12 February 1923. The victim was a 17-year-old pianist named okay. Fritz Frank. Okay, I didn't see, I never saw anything about uh, a pianist, so that's yeah. why I can't tell He actually tell invited him to his residence, Yeah, where he, he introduced him to Hans Granz. And this is where it gets interesting. Um, and two female acquaintances, one of who was Granz's female lover. Well, this one, I think, Mike, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because what I have read and what I have uh, seen in a few different articles was that this is where Hans actually stumbled upon Fritz after he murdered Fritz Frank. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yep, yep, yep. upon realizing this, he Fritz Harmon panicked and he thought that well, shit, am I going to have to kill Hans now because he sees what I have done? But much to his delight, I wrote this down, actually, Mike, because it blows me away. Upon walking in and discovering the body of the young man, mm -hmm. Hans simply asked, when shall I come back again? Right. Yeah. Say, uh, let me know when you're going to be down here, and I'll just be back then. This delighted Fritz belong yep. you know, to to no end. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, he's like, oh my gosh! And now he's like, I might have an accomplice. He knows this. He knows what I've done. Maybe we can get even better at it. Two's better than one, I guess. And so, sure, begins the accomplice, the or I guess the the murderous relationship between the two, and it's. Uh, the rest is history. Sad, sad history, that's for sure. Mm. Now, when we get to, I mean, when you listen to people talk about true crime, you, you uh, ask them what intrigues them or, you know, what stands out to you. Far, you know, f quite often people say, well, just how many, you know, they killed so many people. I mean, this guy killed this many and this person killed this many. It's, it becomes like a numbers game. And, you know, I've fallen mm -hmm. victim to that, too. I'm sure you have, Mike, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this person has killed supposedly this many people. And it's like, wow. But we need to make it clear that one victim is far too many. Oh, absolutely. And it's the numbers here don't matter. It's, it's what this man did and what he was capable of doing. He was convicted mm -hmm. of 24 murders. He was right. put on trial for 27. 27, yep. But he says that he, this is what Fritz claimed, which a lot of serial killers do, Mike. Mm -hmm. He claimed that the number was probably closer to 50 or 70, between right. 50 and 70, to his best, to the best you know, of his knowledge. Whether that's, that's an accurate account from what they have done, or is it something that 
of their ego that mm-hmm. you know well, this is what i did you know that, that's what i'm that's what i'm saying it's, it's that yeah it's the ego it's absolutely the ego so it's like well since i'm already caught and i'm i'm you know i can't do anything else about it i might as well make it worse than what it is but maybe it's true we don't know yeah right mike uh, we need to dive into some of these sick and twisted aspects of this mm-hmm. man's evil life but we have to take a time traveling excursion yeah. It gets worse, folks. It gets worse, folks, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about it. So, if you would like, we hope to see you on the other side of our time traveling excursion. You gonna hang around, Igor? Igor, are you gonna hang around? No. Oh shit. Okay. Well, hold on, boys and girls. We shall be right back. And we are back after yet another successful time traveling excursion, and it seemed literally seamless to our awesome. Literally. Awesome zoners out there, Mike. Remember, let's not forget yes. that. Zoners. So <laughs> thank you very much, zoners. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't say it that. Term there? I, I, I like it. I like it. I, I I have to say it just as like zoners. You know, hey, thanks, zoners, instead of going <laughs> zoners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that one. So where we left off was right after Fritz committed his second murder. After a four-year span of going murder-free uh, while still committing, you know, petty thefts, burglary, burglary, uh, and such, and I wanted to make it clear that when we say that Hans was his accomplice, and there was reasons behind him being convicted of these horrific crimes, is because. He was sort of how do you want to describe him, Mike? He went out and he chose. Fritz's victims. He mm-hmm. was out and about kind of beforehand and he was picking and choosing. You know, this guy hangs out at the railway station. I think you'd like him. I think we'd like them. And you should go get them, basically. Yeah. And Hans Grunz, he you know, he would assist in these things and um, all he would ask for in return is a, just a piece of the liver. Oh, that's it. I don't know. Ah, Mike. <laughs> <sighs> just, just, a but, you know, Hey, but that is, uh, you know, not saying that that's a true statement, <laughs> no, but it, it goes not. along with, uh, well, of you know, course it does some things that, yeah. You know, and, and it, it, we could go on a whole tangent about like, well, how evil was Hans Granz, you know, or, you know, however you mm-hmm. pronounce his name. Uh, I mean, if you are going out and choosing people, even if you had, Nothing to do with physically murdering them, but by picking and choosing and pointing them out to someone that you know will murder them, what does that make you? Are you oh, a complete accomplice? Are you a, are you just as bad as Fritz? I mean, yeah, you're sending these uh, people to their deaths essentially. Yeah. It should be convicted of murder as well. Yeah, so. You know, an accomplice to murder, uh, mm-hmm. at the very least. Okay, so we, we spoke of Fritz's modus operandi, where he uses uh, the guise of being a policeman. And he became very, very, very adept at that, as we mentioned earlier. So much so that a, a security guard at the railway station actually identified Fritz as an actual policeman, because he thought he was a policeman. Right. It was during this time, now this part right here, Mike, this adds to the sadistic nature of Mr. Fritz Harmon. 
mental illness aside, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably come across as cold right there, but this type of stuff just irritates the hell out of me. And you can't tell me that you can blame all this on mental illness. It was between February 1923 and June of 1924. It isn't known for certain. But Fritz actually came across an ad in a newspaper. This is true. Which This ad sought information on one of the missing boys. Uh, it was during this time tons of kids and people were going missing. I think it was, I read that in 1923, over 600 people in 1923 alone went missing in Hanover, Germany, Mike. So... Obviously, not all of them can be attributed to Fritz and, and Hans Granz, but hell, they definitely played a huge role in that, that's for sure. But 600 people gone missing in 1923. Now, after coming across this, this ad, after reading it and discovering that the boy featured in this ad was one of his many victims, well, you know what Fritz did? Fritz saw that the ad was offering a lot of money for any information that could aid in helping the boy's parents find him. Well, Fritz thought this would be just delightful to pretend to be a criminologist, offer his assistance, also picking up that money, offer his assistance by going to the parents and as if he had info to help them find where their lost child was. Now the parents welcomed him into their home. They were just beyond hopeful that he could help them, provide them answers. But unfortunately, all that happened was Fritz sat there, listened to them reveal details. Listen, I should say, listen to them reveal details that he had already known, they had already had, any other tidbits that they may have to offer. And Fritz did not offer any helpful information on his own. It was actually said by the parents that Fritz spent most of the time, quote-unquote, laughing hysterically. And then he even tried to collect more money that they had offered in their ad after providing no assistance on his own. So wow. that, that little sidebar right there, that when I read that, that just it made my blood boil because he was giddy, Mike. He was getting off on this... Yeah. He wanted to get their hopes up, but he wanted to fool them, and he wanted to see mm -hmm. their hopes dashed. You watch him crash, yep. Now, is that something that you can just say, well, he's mentally ill, so he didn't mean it? It's coldly <laughs> calculated. Exactly. That's the he perfect He knows way. exactly what he's doing. Yep. Thank you, you for know, saying that, that. Yeah. That's a perfect way of describing it, too. Simple, simple and to the point. Cold and calculated. Mm-hmm. So when I was when I was going, going through that, I was afraid that you were not listening, Mike, because I thought that you had froze up for a second. But and you were, but you were just listening intently. Right? I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it looks like Mike literally freezes, and when he's not frozen from from Zoom, the Zoom call here, he's just staring blankly. Yep. <laughs> towards the and then when I move slightly and look up or whatever, I, I, yeah. I kind of stare, Patrick. Oh, but the, but, <laughs> but I also give a sigh of relief too. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, he hasn't he hasn't died in some sort of weird frozen catatonic yeah, state. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting here for five years in the same position. <clears throat> somebody finds me with cobwebs on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he died doing what he loved. <laughs> uh. Now again, as we said and we at the risk of repeating ourselves here, obviously Hans was helping Fritz out here during during his six year 
brunt of pure mayhem here. Now, uh, Fritz needed to, and Hans, they needed to kind of maintain their fake persona. They needed to kind of maintain their standing within the community. And so, as we mentioned earlier, they would sell or donate the clothes of, guess who? Their victims to underprivileged people throughout Hanover. Now, this is the part where it starts getting gross. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the meat that Mr. Fritz sold, Mike? Or, or um, am I putting you on the spot there? Do you need, <laughs> you need help need me to guide you a little bit? Well, no. Yeah, just okay, I'm just going. making sure. I'm just making sure. Well, um, without revealing any of the details yet, you as know, a way the to... Details is what is really going to turn this yeah episode uh, into a well we'll set we'll set up the details we'll let mike uh, kind of we'll we'll let mike cover some of the, the gross details here but I'll, I'll set it up by by um as i said hans and fritz would sell the clothes and the possessions of their mm-hmm. victims yeah he would he would keep a lot of the possessions they keep a lot of them you reason, know which yeah. is a very common trait for serial killers they love keeping something from their from their victims a memento of some sorts and they would sell and donate the possessions and clothes to the underprivileged, the poor, throughout Hanover. As I said mm-hmm. earlier, kind of taking advantage of them. Well, even but, even this this one, like like Fritz. Um, let's see. Uh, yep. Yes. There's a 17 year old traveling salesman, Fritz Wittig, um, whom Herman would later state that he killed upon the insistence of Granz, as he had worn a good. New suit that Grons coveted. Well, there you go. See, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Was, yeah. Yeah. Okay, crazy. so not only are they sick and twisted and depraved and evil, they're also materialistic. You know, so. Very. Uh, yeah. And again, that's another common trait of serial killers. They just, they love owning things. That's something that's in their psychosis. They need to have the good stuff, you know, and a lot of them, not all of them, uh, you know, quite a few of them. But what I was getting at um, earlier uh, uh, just a minute or two ago, is when Fritz started selling, he had a pretty successful illegal meat trading business going on <laughs> in Hanover. And uh, yeah. he would sell what was labeled as, well, it wasn't labeled as black market, but he would sell on the black market what was labeled as beef or pork. Or horse meat. Or horse meat. But Mike, did you awesome. wanna, did you kind of want to uh, take it from there? Where, uh, what was going on? Well, it with was rumored the, that uh, the, the meat market there. Yeah, you know, it, it, they didn't. He didn't just kill these people and just leave them in an alley. Um, they were dismembered. They were. It was rumored that he chopped up uh, bodies and because the meat that he had would sell to these these uh, black market meat markets, whatever. They were always chopped into like small squares or like a ground beef type type thing. Um, they were canned. Like you, you're right, and and it's like like you said, he would, you know, say that they were, you know, beef or pork or horse meat, which they did eat a lot of horse meat back then mm-hmm. in different places. But anyway, um, uh, it was rumored that it was actually his victims that he was selling and rumored also that he partook in some of this flesh himself it is rumored that he was a cannibal yes um as was hans granz also a cannibal that isn't necessarily known for certain but and yeah not much is said about that it is strongly hinted at that 
the butcher of Hanover, Mr. Fritz Harmon, definitely was a cannibal. Well, probably how he got his name, the butcher. Well, one of the reasons he got the name of the butcher was because of, as you said, Mike, the dismemberment of his right. of his victims. Right. He did dismember his victims. They weren't, like I said, they weren't just dumped in an alley. Um, they were usually um, dumped in the river, which I cannot think of what the name of the river was. But the line L E I N E. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> the first victim, his very first victim, actually was buried. The rest of them. Uh, after that burial of the first one, then he dismembered and threw them in the river. But his last victim was disposed of in a lake. And it's it's it needs to be pointed out is that that was the beginning of Fritz's uh, demise as far as finally coming under arrest for for good is when body parts and bones started washing right. ashore on the Line River. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe two young girls were walking along the the river river banks when they discovered a skull. A human and, skull, yeah. And then another. Determined to be that of a young male age between eighteen and twenty. Yeah. And bearing evidence of a knife wound. And another knife skull wounds. was discovered not that long afterwards. But it, you know, it it made them actually dam all these these discoveries here made them decide to dam the river, and do a thorough search because bones were were. Uh, washing ashore and the final tally mike was over 500 bones and human body parts were d eventually discovered on the riverbed of the line river it was identified as being a minimum of from a minimum of 22 human individuals now i need to yeah. read i need to read something here mike i need to read a quote from mr okay. fitz here I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. But Fritz did claim that after committing murders, he, he says he felt guilty. Every time he committed a murder, he said he felt guilty afterwards. Yeah, but I'll have fun the next time. Exactly. I'll feel bad for about a, a half an hour, and then I'll forget about it, and then I'll start looking yeah. for the next victim. Uh, he, would, he said that he would, uh, quote-unquote, well, I shouldn't say quote-unquote yet. He said that he would cover the faces of the dead when they're still in his apartment so then, quote-unquote, it wouldn't be looking at me. I mean, that's... Right. Think about it. He says it. I mean, it's, Well, it's kind of like, it puts the lotion on... <laughs> Please stop. Just yeah, don't, don't try. Just don't try. Well, that was, uh, you know, Silence of the Lambs. I, I know <laughs> what it was. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I always, I always, you know, uh, uh, you know, let... People know what I'm referencing. And Patrick gets so upset. Says, I know. I know. <laughs> well, and I think our, our listeners are intelligent, too. They, yes, they, they are. They know. They know. Well, see, I, I do such bad so um, when you say like imitations that I, I feel like I have to explain myself sometimes. So I think, well, yeah, Mike's it like. puts the lotion in the basket. Mike sits there and he, 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 sits, he says, you know, no, I am your father. And then you'll say, that was from Star Wars. Says, yeah, I know it's from Star Wars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I get it. So, uh, okay, anyways. Um, okay. Getting back to the, the quote I wanted to read here. When he started to talk about during his confession years later after he was arrested, when he was talking about how he disposed of the victims, this is a quote. I'd make two cuts in the abdomen and put the intestines in a bucket 
Then I'd soak up the blood and crush the bones until the shoulders broke. Now I could get to the heart, lungs, and kidneys and chop them up and put them in my bucket. I'd take the flesh off of the bones and I'd put it in my wax cloth bag. It would take me five or six trips to take everything and throw it down the toilet or into the river. I always hated doing this, but I couldn't help it. My passion was so much stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping. The horror. Okay, Fritz. I, I, he I, probably I, thought of himself as a craftsman. Oh, I'm sure he took joy in it. I'm sure he was, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to sound morbid, but I'm sure he got better and better at it, you know, and it oh, probably sure. got less and less messy, and he enjoyed it more and more each time. But, again, the idea, I was like, I always felt bad. Man, I felt bad. It's like, no, you didn't. I, I, just, I, I, I don't buy into any remorse for, from any of these people. Am I wrong? I don't want to do it. I don't I owed it to them. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Mike, Mike, am I wrong in feeling no remorse when they say I felt bad? Or, I mean, am I being too, uh, am I being too judgmental of a serial killer, Mike? I mean, did they really no, truly feel bad? I would say not. I don't know. And that last uh, was a quote from... Oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. <sighs> <laughs> How about a fresca? How about a fresca? Top notch, top notch. Yeah, it's no big deal. Another one here. This will probably go over most of our listeners' heads. Michael, Mike will sit here and he'll, he'll, he'll all of a sudden go. He'll start yelling with his arms straight up in the head, and he'll go, "Oh, oh, Mister Carter, Mister Carter!" <laughs> and then he'll say, "That was from Welcome Back, Carter." It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Anyways, sorry, Mike. I'm teasing. I'm so bad. No, you're <laughs> not. Oh, that's going to be a sound bite right there. I need to write that down. 109, <laughs> 1010. I'm so bad. That's a sound bite for the future. I want to hear it on the next episode. Oh, I'm going to get that done for the Patreon episode coming up immediately following that. That's great. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Okay, uh, getting back to the depraved sickness here. Mike, I think actually, I did read earlier, tell me if I'm wrong, did you see this? That he was actually reported to the authorities, a woman who bought some meat from him on the market was suspicious of the meat. She reported it to authorities saying that, I think this is something weird and odd. They actually took her seriously. They brought an analyst to study it, only to discover that it was pork. Really? I mean, so what's going on there? Uh, You know. Was that just a a mistake on the woman's part, or was that a pure scientific gaffe on the analyst's part? I mean, maybe it was. uh, I'm sure not all the meat was. Maybe he threw in pork and horse and beef. Yeah. You know, it wasn't 100%. human all the time and very very true just so happened that this lady uh got a bad piece of pork and she thought something should be looked into and nope just pork just pork now if you were lucky enough to be human meat is a lot like pork i've heard well i don't want to even think about that so um, i I, you know (laughs) i don't know for sure i have no clue 
But if you were lucky enough to be a friend of Fritz, Mike, um, he would often surprise friends with gifts of sausage <laughs> and select cuts of beef whenever he could right. sell it fast <laughs> enough. So, uh, uh, Farmer Vincent. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So here you go, my pal, my buddy, uh, some pure, lean, tasty loin of some sort. Yeah. Don't ask me where I got it. <laughs> Just don't, whatever you do, don't ask me. Because um, I might confess. Oh, man alive. Farmer Vincent from Motel Hill, by the way. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Whew. So where are we going with this next? It's just, it's, you know, well, there's there's a, you know, and I don't want to bring this up and probably until the last, but his signature that if you saw yeah. a body, you would know it was him because of. But let's get through this other. What did I do? I don't know what you did. What happened? <laughs> Something. I do not know. Anyway, um, yeah, but we'll get to that. Well, we mentioned it was around. The, it was after this time we'd already. Uh, mentioned that these two children playing by the, the the river line when they just came across that human skull and that basically started the downfall for for fritz um after damming the river and i said they came they only found all those body parts it's finally led to sorry i i'm i'm, I'm trying to find the spot here that i want to start with I sound really intelligent right there. I apologize, everybody. Because I got distracted. My dog. I thought my dog was having a problem underneath, on, under the desk uh, here, but he's okay. Your yeah, dog he, was uh, chewing I, on a piece of pork. Well, in, in, in all sincerity, like about three weeks ago, my, my golden retriever, Vigo, just out of nowhere, he just had this terrifying seizure, and it freaked me really? out. Really? Yeah. Who, who did? Vigo, my golden retriever. Vigo, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So then he was and just, how old is he? He's going to be four. He's going to, he, he, really? he was born mm. on, he was born on my birthday. So we, oh, we, yeah. okay. we share a birthday, but yeah, he was sound asleep. Mm. And it was really interesting and very, very brief here. It was, uh, he was sound asleep. Posse was sleeping, but also I, I noticed that Posse sat up and he's like looking at Vigo and I'm like, because Vigo always lays at my feet at, on my recliner. I, I'm in my recliner. Vigo's at my feet. A lot of times I have my feet up on Vigo because <laughs> he likes yeah. having my feet up on him. Posse starts staring at him, and I'm like, what's going on? And he gets up, and he starts like, Posse's acting weird, and he's looking at Vigo, and Vigo hadn't done anything yet, but Posse could oh, sense something was coming yeah, on. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. You know, and then all of a sudden, he just went into this really weird, scary fit, and mm. I, uh, I... How long did it last? Probably about a... You know, it seems like it lasts a lot longer than it did, I'm sure. Right, absolutely. Probably about a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Really? I, but he never, you know, he was laying down and he started and then he and he tried to stand up and he couldn't stand up because his, mm. leg, his legs... So were, he woke up. He did. His legs were flailing. <sighs> his front legs were flailing. He was standing up on his back legs and he couldn't stand up on his front legs. And then he finally got up and he's just shaking and stuff and his head is looking... He's just doing these weird... You know what? I don't I even know how to describe him. And I was mm. very, very calm, and I just held him, yep. and you know, not tightly. And I was, yep. and then I walked him outside onto the deck, and and he just it, it took a while, and he finally slowly stopped. And then it's almost like mm. he snapped out of it, and he starts like going, uh, uh, yeah, you know. And then he's just all lovey dovey and like normal again. It was yeah, really. I hate saying shit like that. That, that is way. so scary. I mean, you know, keep an eye on that if 
that starts oh, happening more often. There's absolutely some neurological something or absolutely. Yep. Trust you know, me, I've I, done a uh, bunch of, I've looked into a bunch of it and bunch bunch of it, and I know yeah. it says golden retrievers can be prone to to epileptic seizures. Sure. Um. So it's like, you know, if it happens more than once a month, definitely take them yeah. in. And yeah, absolutely. It's been over a month now, well, almost a month, so hopefully that's a one-and-done type thing. So it could be. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I've, you know, worked with people and patients where, well, that, especially when I've worked in group homes where, you know, you have to watch your people and that are prone to seizures, and you have to just, you know, as soon as you see somebody having a seizure, you got to time it, see how long it lasts, see what kind of what yep. happens through it, how they come come out of it, and uh, yeah, it's horrible. It's it's just a frightening thing. Yeah, no, yep, it was not fun. Not fun. so. He's yep. looking at me right now. He's like, "Are you talking about me?" I'm like, "Yeah, mm -hmm. talking about you." So my anyway, here I wanted to get to. I think it's important that we talk about before. But well, before the episode's over, I want to name the victims' names. I think it's important to do that when we can do that. Sure. Yep. Um, absolutely. Because we, we need to make it clear these are humans who these are humans. These are people. These are people yep. who had families. Totally innocent. Uh, innocent people who were yep. taken from this earth because this guy had a sexual desire to do so, a sexual mm -hmm. frenzy to do so. Uh, Mike Fritz referred to his habit of inflicting what he called love bites Ugh. on his victims. Yeah. What was that all about, Mike? Oh, let's my just, God. Let's just talk about it. Well, okay, so, you know, he, he, he raped his victims as well as killed them. And as he was raping his victims, he would have what he would... <laughs> Yeah, Macy doesn't like that either. I know. I, I get it, Macy. It's it's not <laughs> yeah. good. He had what he would call a love bite, which his was his signature where he would bite onto the Adam's apple and either chew it out altogether or or uh or just bite through his the Adam's apple. And it would end up, you know, they would be, they would die from asphyxiation mm -hmm. at times, you know, choking on their own blood, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, but that was his signature move. His love bite. Yeah, that was what he would call his love bite. And he, and he, their throat out. He said that it would be during moments of sexual frenzy, as he, you know, would later describe it. And he would claim that he never meant to do it. It's like no, you did. I mean, yeah, you got off on this. Um, you're sodomizing these poor young boys. Youngest, and, which is a ten years old. Oh my god! I mean, that's yeah, Fritz. I hope you're burning in hell right now. I really do. I mean, if you believe in heaven and I'm sure he's listening to the podcast, all pissed off. You think so? He's in another dimension somewhere and it's going. Oh, I'll get you, young whippersnappers. <laughs> Um, Scratch your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, he always said that he, you know, felt guilty. Another quote from from Fritz here. He says, 
I never intended to hurt those youngsters. But I knew that if I got going, something would happen, and that made me cry. I would throw myself on top of those boys and bite through the Adam's apple, throttling them at the same time. <laughs> so let, let me repeat that. I never intended to hurt those youngsters, but I knew if, that if I got going, something would happen, and that made me cry. Then he follows that up by saying, I would throw myself on top of these boys and bite through, the Adam, through their Adam's apple, throttling them at the same time. So what, Throttling them? Throttling them at the same oh, yes, time. Yeah, it'd be, uh, uh, strangling. strangling them. So, yeah, that's right. What, what, what part of that made you cry, Fritz? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Uh, no, just, it's just that he's, he's so sick. And uh, just demented and, dare I say, demonically uh, possessed. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's 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 a really... That's always got to come up. It does, but that's a really sensitive term right now because with all these, you know, just tragic and totally... I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to get political here. But all these mass shootings here and some of these just whack jobs claiming that the devil told, made them yeah. do it. And so that's getting all sorts of attention, and right now, I that's yeah, that's a that's a really hot topic word right now. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So they're all just demented and sick and evil, no matter what. Yeah. You, what else? Um, now this is <laughs> the, the depravity doesn't stop there, boys and girls. Now, as we said earlier, he would often sell the clothes and meat of his victims to friends, or even give them away to friends as gifts. Uh, Fritz believed that he was driven by the passion, beauty, and sensuality of each victim. Mm. This drive... Except if you got a boil on your face. Yeah, right. <laughs> that boil saved you, bub. <laughs> now, this drive, Mike, this passion, also led Fritz... To chew off the penises of the <laughs> chew <laughs> off the penises. I didn't. I didn't see that part of his victims before disposal. Well, they these things got a little bit of wang. <laughs> No, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh I remember that movie, Hollywood another, Hollywood Nights. Yeah, another reference there. Uh, it does have a bit of wang in it. Yeah. Oh, god damn! I used to have that on our soundboard. Mike does have a little bit of wang. <laughs> yep, you did. I remember that. Oh, good lord! Back in the day. <laughs> no, he says this is another quote from Fritz. Often after I had killed, I pleaded to be put away in a military asylum, but not a madhouse. If Hans had really loved me, he would have been able to save me. Believe me, I'm not ill. It's only that I occasionally have funny turns. I want to be beheaded. It'll only take a moment. Then I will be at peace. Okay. He's not mentally ill, he says, Mike. He just occasionally has funny turns. His funny turns include... Dismembering, disemboweling, <laughs> filleting. Look at the shape of that liver. <laughs> Man, what a funny turn. What a funny turn. 
Well, one more thing. I need to bite off your wang because I'm having another funny turn. Oh, my gosh. We're not making light of what the hell this guy did. No, we're not. Good God almighty. So you never read about You never learned that little... That little I did not. Time. I mean, good Lord God almighty. I mean... It, it, but why not? Is the jaw even uh, 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 just capable of doing that? Yeah, but why not? Well, Lorraine and Baba did it. Look, but... Well, there you go. But look, think about them, Mike. In such a sexual frenzy, and this guy is just... He's, he's an animal at this yeah, time. Yeah, There's a yeah. reason he was called the Vampire of Hanover. There's a reason he was called the Werewolf mm-hmm. of Hanover. Because... The butcher. The yep. butcher. He... Killing was not enough. He had to mutilate. He had to attack. He had yeah. to just bite. He had to tear them apart. Mm-hmm. Specifically with his own mouth. Right. I mean, why? Why wouldn't he go after their their their, their genitals? Why would? Sure. He? Sure. That's the. That is the focal point. I mean, yeah, why would it not be for make his, his testicles into a pair of clackers for crying out loud? <sighs> Oh, I went too far on that one. I hope you're talking about Fritz's, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For he exactly. Ex- yeah, he deserved to has to have his the same done to him before he was beheaded. Well, it's just that the 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 sickness and the depravity is just. I mean, it's like a um, a bottomless pit where it just yeah, anything is capable. This guy is capable of anything, and but guilty, feeling guilty, feeling bad, and. Even crying, yeah. baloney makes no difference. Then, man, no difference. What? <clears throat> now, very, very briefly, uh, because we are running late here, man. This is yes, a, we are, and this is great though. But we have to do a Patreon episode immediately following this. But we need to uh, clarify how he was finally brought to justice. Well, he was under surveillance, actually. He they was, they he were absolutely getting was. on to him and everything. He and absolutely was. Absolutely yep. was. They were trying to do their job. They were trying to do their best. Now, as I said earlier, the remains are found in the river line, totaled more than 22 different people from what they were able to decipher. Uh, the coroner estimated the remains belonged to young men and boys between the ages of 15 and 20. But as Mike said, we know that he killed boys even younger than that. Uh, the police then began doing the best to solve the murders. They had several suspects, several deviants, or several people who have a deviant criminal history. And there was one suspect that was none other than a Friedrich Harmon. You know old Friedrich Harmon, Fritz himself. Now they wanted to interrogate Fritz, but they had no way of finding him or linking him to the bodies since they didn't even know who the bodies belonged to. Nevertheless, as Mike said, they kept them under surveillance. Finally, on June 23rd, 1924, they got their wish. And were waiting for something to do so they could arrest him. Finding something so they could arrest him. That day, Fritz was seen arguing was seen arguing with a 15-year-old Carl Fromm at a railway mm. station. Fritz had picked up Fromm several days earlier and spent that time trying to get the boy to sleep with him willfully. When uh, Fromm refused, Fritz took him to the station to try and make the boy return home. Carl refused, and the two began to argue. Fritz now became angry with Carl and turned him in to the railway police, accusing him of traveling with false documentation. Listen to that. He's like, oh, this boy didn't want to sleep with me, so I'm going to get you arrested. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, Once in custody, Carl told the officers of Fritz's sexual harassment and advances towards him. This was all they needed to hear. They took Fritz into custody that same day. The police questioned him about Carl's statement. Of course, he denied it. 
While they had him in, the police decided to also question Fritz about the murders, the unsolved murders from Han over. He denied knowing anything about them initially. So much so until the police became or got to their wits' ends with Fritz when they caught they finally caught a break that would bust the case open. And this break came in the form of a jacket that belonged to one of Fritz's victims that Fritz actually sold himself. The parents of missing boy Robert Witzel had been sitting outside of the chief commissioner's office during the interrogation of Fritz. Robert had been missing since April 26th of that same year. They were hoping the police could give them information on what may have happened to their son. Now again, while waiting, they noticed a couple would walk to the station. Robert's mother immediately recognized the jacket that the man was wearing and asked him where he had obtained it. He responded by telling her that he had purchased it from a one and only Fritz Harmon. Then showed her and the police the identification card that had been in the pocket. And of course, the jacket did indeed belong to young Robert Witzel. So this basically set everything <clears throat> off. Uh, Fritz uh, first appeared calm, cool, collected, even polite when they uh, began to question him about all of these accusations, these murders. They, they grilled him more and more and more until he became agitated. He, fidget, he was fidgety, picked at his fingernails, started to become irate. Now this happened for several, several days. The inquiries became more and more extreme on the part of the police, and Fritz actually became irritated to the, to the point of suffering maniacal rages. Right, and he started to smell like raw sewage. He did. He couldn't help it either. That was, that was, <laughs> a, he was I don't know if that was the crap in his pants or, or what, but uh, long story short, Fritz caved in, finally made a full confession. The uh, the police they did actually they tore his apartment a, apart. Yeah, searching through it, mm -hmm. and they had found that uh, the floors, the walls, the bedding, they were found to be extensively blood stained. But of course, Harmon said initially uh, attempted to explain this fact as a byproduct of his illegal trading in contraband meat. Right. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure that was part of it. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so he he was a pretty damn uh, messy slaughterer of of animals, you know, so yeah. much so that he got all over the his his wallpaper and such. And his neighbors were, I, just, I didn't know what the deal was. I hear that chainsaw going off every once in a while. I don't know. Yeah, and the and the the horrific screams and shrieks of young yes. men from the room either. Yeah, I yes. don't know. He's kind of turned a turned a blind eye, I guess, the other way. But mm. ah, we don't know that. But man, horrifying. Uh, later that year, July 8th, Hans Granz was arrested July 8th, 1924. We already talked about that. We have, well, we simply have no time, but we encourage you, if you're interested, to do a deep dive into um, the life yeah, and times of Fritz Harman. Yeah. Because the, the trial itself was pretty spectacular. It lasted like nine or ten days. Uh, Fritz ended up, like we said, accusing Hans, and they were firing back and forth at each other. It, it was very dramatic. Um, Friedrich was eventually beheaded and yes, i want to get to his last quote here i'm sorry mike his yeah, last quote upon being convicted uh da, 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 where is it well one of one of his quotes that he said was uh, i want well, to he did have a, he did have a, a final wish too of uh having an expensive cigar to smoke yeah and brazilian coffee to drink in his cell yeah i mean i i hope he didn't get it I am guilty, gentlemen, but hard though it may be, I want to die as a man. Hmm. 
<sighs> Immediately prior to replacing his head upon the execution apparatus, Harmon declined, or <laughs> Harmon <laughs> added, Yes. I repent, but I do not fear death. There you go. Man. You won't, you, know, you won't kill me. I'll be back. Yes, I shall be amongst you for all eternity. And now you yourselves have also killed. You should know it. Hans Granz was innocent. And that's what was included in his second letter, yeah. by the way. That wasn't his words, but... Oh, man, alive, this guy. I'm like at a loss of words. Loss yeah. of words. Mike, yeah, final thoughts. It, I mean, I, well, we we can't do the story justice. I mean, no, all we can't. Do, it we was can't. what we did, uh, going over facts and and what happened, and uh, it just the demented whatever of this the devil, <laughs> evil man. So you can tell you're at a loss of words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm stumbling. I mean, and we're going to learn more and more. You know, uh, the more you look into the guy, the more you find out. Shit that just absolutely, like you said, Mike, stuns you. And yeah, yeah. you it makes you question that makes you question the existence of humans for God's sake sometimes. Yeah, all like, humanity, uh, yeah. It's like are what we, percentage we are, of humanity is this? It's like are we truly capable what we of this? Covered tonight. Are we truly capable of this? Um man, yeah, mm. I guess I guess there's no better way to wrap it up than to just say, uh, encourage our listeners, if you are interested to do a further deep dive into this man, the psychosis mm -hmm. of this man, um, we hope we gave you a fairly decent starting point here tonight in our dive into true crime again with Fritz, the butcher of Hanover, Harmon. Uh, he's right up there, Mike, with the most deprived, most oh, depraved, most evil, and sick and twisted bastards of all time. And I tell you, people, it, it is just one of a long list of sick and twisted and uh, demented serial killers over history. And that's scary. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, we need to do a Patreon. Thank you so much. I appreciate this for making making you yourself available. Uh, of course. And I don't mean to cut us off short and say, well, we need to do a Patreon, but we do need to do a Patreon we because, we uh, man, we have, we, awesome, we have awesome zoners out there on the Patreon world. If you guys enjoy what you hear tonight, uh, particularly if you enjoy our paranormal ex, uh, episodes, you would love our Patreon page. If you've made it this far, I guarantee you would love our Patreon content. This will be exclusive episode number 49 next week, number 50. Let's think of something special. Ooh, yeah, something special for the Big 5-0. Big 5-0. Mike, until next time, what do our awesome pals? I'm going to detach a little bit. Need to do. This evening, you know that I always want you to peace out, but this time, don't be a Pedro.